on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. When I sit, when I sound, we're the only one of us around. And nowhere we can be found, but sadly comes again. We'll try to do our best, to cheer all those on who wear the vest. Whatever challenge, whatever test, we're laying our reason from a ten. We're laying our reason from a ten. And good evening, that's uh, Barry Gowan with his uh, newer version of E10 and I hope you're all well and having a great week wherever you may be and uh, it's been a bit of a mixed week for Orient hasn't it but uh, first of all let's see who's in the studio tonight as we await our guest to arrive later in the show uh, which will be James Dayton and uh, in the studio at the moment uh, the club's public address announcer no less Mr Barry Bash Galvin who we just heard on vocals, how are you Barry? What an introduction. I Thank know. you, Andy. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's my, in the old days, my cheque would be in the post. Yeah, it's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. You've got to, haven't you, really? <laughs> in private, he doesn't say that, people. He's, he's all right. He's, he's not a bad guy, actually. I mean, he's, he's got his flaws. It's the best you can say. Yeah, he's got his flaws, his music. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. And uh, fresh from the tour of the... Uh, <laughs> the other half of the world, the other side of the world, Australia and New Zealand, it's uh, Mr... Darren Burrows, I almost forgot your name, it's so long since <laughs> I saw you. I've been away a long time, Andy, so I'm not surprised you forgot my name, but uh, nice to be back and nice to be uh, in the company of uh, an Orient uh, Supremo And we saw you on television. Mr Galvin. We saw you on television at the test match. Yeah, I, I, the, the great thing about that is um, I don't think my wife doubted I was actually in New Zealand watching the test cricket, mm. but... We, we happened to take me and some of the lads that I was with took took a position up behind the camera. I have to say that was that was accidental, mm. guys. I, I didn't intend to do that, but um, there we were in all the glory. I think Christian saw us and a few, a few of the other lads on the yeah. hour and, and so yeah, I was I was out there for that one. But I missed the last day's play in Wellington, ah, which was the pole. We lost by one run, by the way. Yeah, so, I know it's a football show, so I'm not going to. That's all right. You can still you know you can talk about um, things. But it, it, it's the Barmy Army going to watch England cricket. It's a chicken. It's great, great fun, guys. That's your bucket list done now. It's isn't it? one off the list. <laughs> You're not ready to go yet, though, are you? But I hope not. <laughs> few, few more, few more games like Saturday, Andy. I might. Oh, to... Which uh, I was going to say brings us on to uh, uh, Saturday and and Barry. Uh, what can you say? You know, managed to well, we managed to snatch a, a draw from the a, a draw from the jaws of victory, didn't we? Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those where. A lot went wrong, really, and um, I think a lot of hands had to be held up at the end of that. Um, it wasn't a great game, was it? It wasn't a great game, even when we were winning 2-0, but obviously the result was, was key, um, as far as the Orient fans were concerned. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll be in the chips. I didn't, I didn't think that we, I thought the penalty was quite soft. I'd, I'd have been very unhappy if it was <laughs> the other way around. But obviously, we, you know, we, we see them for us, we see them against us. Having got that advantage... And, uh, and scored a good second goal. I think we're all done really well to wriggle free there and smash it to Huey style under the keeper before he had a chance to get his hand down. I like that. Um, having said that, we, we were the coaches didn't really offer a huge amount, but we were still not playing well on winning and it wasn't a great game. It wasn't one, to use your phrase, that will live long in the memory. Um, having got to 88 minutes with, with a clean sheet intact, and I'm not a superstitious person, but I think we've all got our our things where we think it's our fault when things like this go wrong. I turned around to Tom at 88, 87 minutes and said, oh, by the way, this will be our 21st clean sheet. Uh, the record's 22 for a season. And uh, I think that was, I was saying that while the corner was being taken. 
<laughs> so yeah, curse it's my fault, everyone. Yeah, curse of doom. Yeah, but, so um, and having that, having, even that one, having gone in, and it was a, it was a good header. Maybe you can argue that we should have got across him, but um, having that one, you're still thinking, oh great, now it's going to be a nervous five minutes. But you're still thinking we've got enough to hold out. And although it was a great strike for the equaliser, um, Richie points out in his interviews, and obviously he's more technically gifted than me regards the you know uh, turning the ball over. Mm. So we we shouldn't have given the chance, the second chance to, to to pick that ball up where they picked it up. Fair enough, you might have a point. Trying to look at it half full. Seems two teams below us. Obviously, if you're trying to be optimistic, they drew and we were as we were, we're a game closer. But having been 2 0 up, you know, with five or six minutes to see it out, it really was a kick in the teeth, really. But it could have been a lot worse had Stephen scored the last second goal. Um, but as it was, opportunity missed, uh, not the best match. No, I mean, and, and the defending, uh, Darren left a lot to be desired, didn't it? It, it did, Andy. I, I, I think, in fairness to the, def- the defence, I think they weren't helped by the substitutions. I mean, uh, the manager alluded to that, didn't he, that the, the substitutions didn't work. I will say this about the substitutions, guys. I, they have worked every game. He's done the same every game. And some of the, putting it bluntly, the rubbish online about how... Yeah, for me, no. Look, you know, we've got to back the manager here. We've got to, we've got to be optimistic. It, for want of a better phrase, rubbish like this happens. I was going to say something this, but you chucked me off air quite rightly on a family show. So occasionally, very, very occasionally, these things happen. They do happen, and it's great when you're on the you're the recipient of it, as in it's your team. It's horrible. As you said, Barry, we left that stadium feeling like we'd not drawn the game, like we'd lost the game. So I think I can speak for every Orient fan where that feels, that feeling of a 90-second minute. You're right, we should have seen it out. We didn't. We move on. We put it behind us. That's what the players have got to do. That's what the fans have got to do. I'm, I'm hearing there's circa 400 of us going up Saturday, um, which is... Right as well, I think, if we can't get behind them at the moment. So many positives, crowds, regularly 8,000 now. Oh, I know there's people not turning up. But I think I think all in all, for me, guys, it, it, the, the, the quicker we put Saturday to bed, the quicker we move on, the better. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, we rarely have seasons like this. You know, if you look at if you look trying to look over the long term of the season, we're all concentrating on the last match, obviously, because it's how we feel, isn't it? But if you look at the season as a whole, if you can't get behind your team when they're six points clear with ten games to go, you know, I mean, every every team in this league, the other twenty three would love to be in the position we're in now. Yeah, you know, and we're not. You know, we had that that bad run. Stephen has had a bad run, luckily. Um, and we're in an we're not in a bad run now. We recovered somewhat. We won three out of four or whatever it was, and now we've had three draws on the trot. It's not it's not a bad run by any by any means. And technically, we could have fought to win, lose, draw, win, lose, draw for the rest of the season, and probably still go up. I mean, everybody, I think I'm not everybody. I shouldn't say that, but most Orient fans, I say, would love to be champions now, having been top since October the twenty second. So it will feel like a a slight downer if we don't actually win the trophy. But the goal at the start of the season was promotion. Um, we had the seventh biggest budget at the start of the season, which would have put us in the playoffs if <laughs> football's not played on budgets, but that's where the club were no, looking to, comment, to finish. Um, I understand since the transfer winner, we now got the fourth biggest budget or the third, I might be wrong. But, um, but automatic promotion would be a step up from what was initially 
uh, supposed to be achieved, which is the playoffs. Um, you know, but again, look at half four, half empty. Having led for so long, you do want to. You, you do want to job. Win it. Yeah, we do want to win it. And I, I didn't realise it was October. You said it was October the twenty sixth. October the twenty second. I believe sorry. I'm right in saying that. Yep. Yeah. Did so, you did you think about the new scoreboard? I thought it was uh, well. When they told me Friday night, I was at the the, um, the event Friday night. By the way, I don't know if you want to talk about that, Andy. That was great. Um, but when they told me, I thought it was a wind up. I thought uh, I thought someone had photoshopped it onto uh, onto a picture. But mm. anyway, your question about yeah, the well, scoreboard—it's yeah. not a very big scoreboard, though. No, it? but it's a scoreboard, and it does give you the time, on, so and that's the most important thing. Is I think most fans can remember the score, but it does saying, give you the time. I mean, it really is. You know, I, I must admit, you know, if you need a scoreboard. <laughs> Because you can't remember the score, you're in trouble. Well, but, most um, yeah, most yeah. fans can remember, um, score, but you know, Papa John's Trophy uh, people can't see it because it's under. Yeah, I was say, a lot of people can't yeah. see that score. Well, well, my point, uh, Andy, was more to do with did that get in the players' heads? Could they see that score? Look, I know they can ask the ref how many um, look, how many to go. Yeah, it, it, that, everywhere else has scoreboards, Andy. So I suppose you know, all, yeah, most of the way grounds have got scoreboards. Ev- everywhere else, yeah, I agree. But yeah. we're playing at home. Mm. It's the first time there's a Because it's a new, one, new thing. Mm, I, I think oh, it's, one or two oh, players. Yeah. It's concentration, over. Darren, that's for certain, because well, you should the, be able the, to see the game out. And having conceded, as Barry said, you know, with, with a minute to go, you, you know, OK, you've let a goal in, but well, to then just go to sleep and allow, Let me put it another way, guys. Right? Every time I hear a player on the pitch, <clears> yeah, asking the ref how long to go, I don't like it. If he's, if he's on the team I'm following, I don't want to hear that. No. I want him concentrating on one thing and one thing alone. Yeah, and that that is not how long to go. Mm. So I'm a fan of scoreboards to a point, as in I like the fact that, I, I, as a fan, I do I do look over and you're, you're right, Barry, when I've been to away games, I think Northampton have got one. And, and I think most teams have got one, yeah, haven't a lot, of cl- lot of clubs haven't they? Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, you, your, your point that's the first time it's been used, but what I'm saying, if we're 2-0 up away from home and there's a clock ticking, it's still the same, isn't it? But maybe Fair you're point. saying, yeah. uh, you know, the first time. I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, I'll tell you what. We, we, we've been talking about Richie and his substitutions, and you say a few over the top, uh, which is very unusual for a message board. A few, under, a few over the top uh, comments. Um, but uh, you know, does he need to hold his hands up? To, was he, is he getting well, too loyal to certain people and leaving no, them on the pitch? Or I don't. Not? I don't think so. No? I, I, I think possibly for me, um, I think Theo was a bigger miss than we realise. Okay, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll listen to what Richie had to say to Dave Victor after the match. Well, Richie, thanks for joining us. Were there lessons to be learnt this afternoon? Um, I think if you look at the whole game, I'm quite happy with a point because we didn't play well from the first minute. Um, We was off it. But I think the biggest disappointment today was our body language. Um, We're winning 2-0 with more or less than 90 minutes are up. And um, we don't organise from a set play. We're really slow. The ball's been out of, out of play for 20 seconds. Um, and you're playing against a club that is desperate for the... You know, they're fighting for the lives at the bottom of the league. So they sprint to get the corner and we're not marking right and we allow someone to get across the front of us. Um, and then the second goal, we kick it down the middle of the pitch when we've got no physical presence there against three centre-backs. Um, we then pick up the second ball, but when we can chest it and play, or put it in an area that where, where they can't put it straight back on us because the pitch is poor. The pitch is, you no, know, it's really difficult. And we're, and we're having to go at players sometimes to be better, but um, <clears throat> it's a really difficult, difficult pitch to play. It's very boggy, and, and sometimes it bounces firm, and but a lot of the time it bounces, it just takes the, the weight out of it. Um, they then play it long, 
and um, one of my centre backs vacates his his um, his area. They exploit that, and then Chilvers has got the ball. It's a good finish, but just slow down, be, be patiently defend him, let him let him pass it outside to the right wing back. And if he does that, then I think we, we win the game. But we we get too excited, we overcommit. He chops back inside, and then when when he chops inside, it's a difficult for Viggs because he doesn't know if he's going to go left or right. And it's a, he's a good player. He's a good finish by the lad. And it started so well. I mean, taking the lead from the penalty, another no, one from George. Didn't, George we didn't, we didn't play well. We did not play well. He's going to let's not get kid. I'm, I'm always performance based, um, and I'm and I'm, I'm a realist. You know, and when we play well, I'll tell you that we play well. We didn't play well today. So in the, in the whole, happy with a point because we didn't play well. You can kid people that we went 2-0 up. But, um, you know, Ruel was good and sharp at times. But apart from that, too many, too many, too many bad decisions from players that you know, are experienced and, and know the game. And, and it's fine. We've had two weeks, left, two weeks off. And probably we felt that little bit of legginess, not quite our sharpest. Um, so hopefully that's blown the cobwebs off now and we can go next week. Is that why you made the substitutes that you did in the second Yeah, I just think we look, we look tired. <coughs> and they're obviously, um, when, when we go 2-0 down, they're leaving 2 up. And I want to try and get some control of the game. And instead, it's just like a game of basketball, which isn't, we don't need, we're 2-0 up, we don't need that. Um, so I thought that the subs would come on and give us more legs, more energy. Um, but the subs actually had an adverse effect in our performance. So what was the reaction in the changing room afterwards? We're eight unbeaten. Oh, listen, you can... It's, it's a long season and I've tried to be consistent in everything and say, don't get... I, I, I walk around the supporters and, and a lot of them are doing that. Keep your head up. We're in a brilliant position. I wouldn't swap our position for anybody, so I'm definitely going to keep my head up. Um, it's important now that we don't get too disappointed. It's two points dropped away. But we've had... Um, we've had games this this year where we just held on and maybe not deserve the two points extra so it evens itself out it was, we didn't play great but um, I'm I'm kind of happy with the point I would have obviously loved, loved three points but um, I think he, I think the most important thing was rate unbeaten now and we're a tough team to beat and it's such a competitive division uh, Quarley won today and of course Hartlepool picked up results recently and it's up to the North East next week yeah, um, I actually watched that game because <coughs> that was a one o'clock kickoff. Very open, very expansive. Um, and Carlisle, you know, with a previous player that, that was here in Dan Kemp, played really well and des- deserved the point. At times, he could have made more chances against Bradford and and um, and actually took the three points. But Bradford a threat, and Andy Cook scored two, and um, obviously he's a, the highest goal scorer in the league. But um, I'd rather concentrate on us, and so we'll go there hopefully. We need to give this pitch a rest because um, it's just we're asking players to, to do things that the, the pitch doesn't allow us to do or allow the players to. And I feel I feel for them a little bit at times. And will Theo Archibald be available? Do you think for the trip to Hartlepool? Um, we're not sure we're going to get him um, rescanned. We'll probably have um, an opinion on that probably Tuesday, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Theo's quite a freak in terms of he hasn't got an ACL. Okay. He's not got a brain cell. Well, he has a little bit. Well, he'll have you believe that he hasn't. Um, but we, we miss Theo's energy at times, but it seems a performance where we could have won the game. And when we play like we play, we look good, but we just didn't do it often enough. And Ed Turns won't be available for Hartley because of international duty, is that correct? Well, we've had, we're going to have a conversation with them because we feel that <clears throat> for Ed to leave and, and go and play against Colombia under-20s at a training pitch in Spain, how is that going to help his development? 
if he's a qualifier, then I, I get it. I get it. It'll be it'll be a good experience for him. But um, I think it's important he stays and he goes through what we're going through. And you know, he's always at risk if he does go on and somebody comes in and plays really well. Then obviously he might not get his place back. So um, we'll have a conversation with Wales and hopefully we should know the answer by that on Monday. And Jamie McCart, would he be available? He's back trained a week. We've got a friendly against Southend on Tuesday. Um, Ed will play in that. Duke McKenna will play in that. Um, Jordan Brown will play in that. Um, you know, Adam Thompson will play in that. Shad will play in that. So we just need to get to get 90 minutes in some of them. So just to, just to top them up in, in terms of minutes. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks. Thank you, Richie. There you go. That's uh, Richie speaking with uh, Dulcie Dave Victor, and he mentioned the um, South End match uh, that was played uh, yesterday, and uh, a very comfortable five-two victory for Lake Norian. So that was good news. Apparently so. Were you, were you there, Darren? Hanging around? I, I didn't. I went to watch um, St Albans Chesant last night. Home you hear right? Yeah, yeah. I went to see a bit of Zach Abiri, and uh, I'm, I'm afraid he didn't get off the bench. <laughs> So I was a bit disappointed with that, but uh, good game at National League South level. Thousand people at the ground, so yeah, still enjoyed the night out. So I mean, a bit of work for. I mean, the results didn't go too badly for us overall, and they didn't go badly last night really. So I think all teams at this moment in time are are a bit shaky. If they're up there, they're getting a bit nervous, and if they're down the bottom, they're fighting for their lives. The thing is, the thing is, we you know obviously we we are we only look at our own situation. Oh, we haven't won in three. Carlisle was, uh, you know, if you ask Carlisle Carl were the form team, so to speak, yeah. and other people, and they haven't scored in two games. They've had yeah. two 2 nil draws. So yeah. no one's no one's immune to this, uh, the, the wobbles, the show, whatever you want to call no. it, you know. And they're all playing each other as well a lot of the time. So, um, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's, it's going to, I mean, we're still, everybody's criticising, but everybody would want to be in our position at the as moment. Said, the points oh, you know, are yeah. on the board. You know, you don't want games in hand. You want the points on the board. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the driving seat. Let's see what Dave Victor thinks of uh, proceedings, shall we? It was a case of the tales of the unexpected on Saturday. I didn't expect to see the O's have to wait until the 68th minute to create an opportunity in open play. I didn't expect a side that had gone 538 minutes without scoring to then find the back of the net twice in a bewildering four-minute spell. And I didn't expect strugglers, Colchester, to be denied a winner by another vital late save from Lawrence Bigrew. After the match, Neil Kelly from BBC Radio Essex clearly couldn't believe what he'd seen. As we both waited to speak to our respective managers, Neil kept repeatedly saying to me, you'd won the game, Dave, you'd won the game. And I have to admit, when Richie Wellens made his second half changes, I felt unusually confident that the goals from Moncur and Saturio would be enough to secure Orient's win. And it should have been. As I probably would expect, some of the Orient faithful expressed concern that the O's would now let their chance of promotion slip away. One or two contacted Phil Parry on BBC Radio London's Far Post feature in the Saturday Sports Show. I know Phil stressed the need to keep some sort of perspective. After all, the sports editor was dealing with calls from supporters of Queen's Park Rangers and AFC Wimbledon. Both had certainly endured far more difficult weekends. Phil stressed that the O's remain unbeaten in eight and maintain a significant advantage at the top because other results went Orient's way. And of course I did expect Richie Wellens to be open and frank in his post-match analysis. Richie was right when he said that his side hadn't performed to the high standards that we now all expect. The O's looked uncertain at the back and without Theo Archibald they lacked energy and drive. Conceding those late goals showed a lack of focus and team discipline qualities that had been such a key aspect in enabling Wellens' men 
and be in that strong position. Let's hope it's a wake-up call as the squad prepares for those vital remaining games that start at Hartlepool, who, like Colchester, are fighting for league survival. XO Dan Kemp included in the League Two Team of the Week, John Askey's side, fought hard to see a point at Bradford City in Saturday's early kickoff. And there is no doubt that since the arrival of the former Macclesfield boss, United have become difficult to beat. Paul's yet to taste defeat under Askey's. His first four games in charge sees points being taken against Tramere, Walsall, Northampton, as well as the Bantams, of course. But Hartlepool haven't won since early February. That was at Doncaster, and the last time they collected maximum points at home was back in January against bottom of the table, Rochdale. United are currently in the drop zone. Now two points behind Crawley, who won at Wimbledon at the weekend and on Tuesday night got a late equaliser against Doncaster. Wellens will no doubt be demanding a positive and disciplined performance from his side. Finally, I was pleased to see the quick response from Colchester United following the vile chance from a section of their following on Saturday. Over the years, the A12 derby has been a competitive affair, which generates a good atmosphere, both home and away. Let's hope that those responsible are caught and feel ashamed of their actions. I appreciated some of the posts that I saw on social media from Cheltenham Town supporters, sharing the banner that they produced celebrating Justin Edinburgh in the Robins visited Brisbane Road for that emotional match back in August 2019. It was one of the most thoughtful and generous acts that I've known from supporters of an opposition club. And now feels an appropriate time to remember such a gesture of respect and kindness. Thanks very much, uh, Dave Victor. It's nice to hear uh, Victor's view as usual. And uh, good news is James Dayton's turned up and we're just going to make him a cup of tea and make him a bit comfortable because he, he looks a bit flustered. He's been, been training, I think. Either that or he ran here from his house. He sent out to make the tea, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, don't I don't know. How many sugars, James? Uh, no, no sugar. No, see, you're sweet enough. So, uh, yep. This is, this is how, it, how it works. We have to do everything ourselves. I know my station. Yeah, that's it. It's a tea station. Off you go. <laughs> All right. And uh, we'll listen to Roper's rant, and then we'll be talking to James. Yep, I did it, didn't I? Last week, there I was talking us up, talking about positivity and how this is a different breed of O's team. And come 5 p.m. on Saturday, we suffered the old school Orient collapse that saw two points wrench from our hands. Late in Orient, any other way, we love you. After getting over what felt like a defeat, the table still doesn't look too bad. And I'll repeat, we are where 23 teams want to be. We could be one point clear and we would still be where they want to be, albeit with a far more squeakier bum, as Ferguson once said. Every game here on is a cup final. OK, no matter what the outcome Saturday versus Hartlepool, the title and promotion places won't be decided there and then. But after three draws in a row, although it keeps the unbeaten run going, a win would signal a welcome three points, and every victory means we don't have to scrabble around from our phones worrying what Stevenage, Carlisle and Northampton are doing or have done. It's in our hands. We keep winning, no one can catch us, and we go up. It is that simple. No scientific formulas, no looking at other results. You win, you go up. We don't want to and shouldn't, of course, have to rely on others, but in the week we draw a game, let's say, if any of those three have tasted defeat and we edge further away by a solitary point, then it's a decent bonus, especially when games are running thin on the ground and running out. Saturday saw a bit of a change in formation and tactics, and whilst I think a good coach always needs a plan B and C, perhaps it's not the time for tinkering and going with what's gone right for the most part. 
the high press, hard working possession football has served us extremely well. And I don't want to sound too big headed, but if we play that type of game, perform to the right levels and 80% of the team hit an 8 out of 10 rating for 90 minutes, then I confidently state we win most games on most occasions. Yesterday, we received an article for the fanzine where a supporter set out the statistics for the top four, their run-ins and how he thinks it will pan out. Naturally, he had us winning a title and by about the same margin that exists now. But I think it might be closer than that and can see the four of us at the top finishing within six points of each other. The 80-point benchmark we've spoken about in recent weeks as being the league average for promotion over the last five years is, in my humble opinion, a little low. And I reckon you need to add a win and maybe even a draw to that to hit the 84-point mark. Get something around that and our three nearest rivals are going to have to turn in points per game ratios of around 1.9 to 2.1 in order to topple us. Their current form is about 1.8 to 1.9. And to hit the sort of levels required when the muck and bullets are flying is going to be quite difficult. Especially when you consider that quite a few in the division still have something to play for. All four of us have tricky games left, no matter where the opponents sit in the division. And this stage of the season always throws up some very weird results. 10 to 12 points will likely do it from here, and we're in pole position. Finally, let's talk atmosphere. It's been a fabulous season, and this is only a small criticism, but the atmosphere on Saturday was poor. The old arguments of people spaced out at home rather than being clumped together in an away end when on the road. Brisbane Road never being a real hotbed for noise and the acoustics of stands, stands such as the West Side really don't help. But we're top for a reason. We're winning games. We're keeping clean sheets. Shouldn't we be at least trying to raise the team and get them over the line in games such as Saturday when in the last five minutes we were up against it? Yes, we all pay our money and are entitled within reason to do what we want. Cheer, moan, clap, sit in silence. Worry about the overly shaped bovril lid that will lead to a second half disaster in your lap. But seasons like this come along once every 50 years. So is it too much to ask to get on our feet and clear our throats a bit more? I think not. As quite a few of you all know, I'm not averse to playing cheerleader at the front of the West Side. And you can always argue that does crowd noise and atmosphere really act as a 12th man? I believe it does. Look at Norwich at home when Russell Slade had only just taken over. They were smashing League One. We had the bare bones of a squad and facing relegation trouble. And 3,000 noisy yellow canaries were making a hell of a racket in the East Stand. Armed with a drum, oh God, some people now starting to think, the crowd gradually got up for it. And before the end, Brisbane Road sounded like we had a 25,000 capacity, 22,000 being raucous, noisy O's fans. We won the game, three points. You remember the night? What a fantastic one. Next home game is Carlisle. It's massive and they travel well. O's fans, let's get up for it. Let's play our part in the club's resurrection over the next 10 games and get us over that line and into League One. Up the O's. Up the O's indeed. Thank you very much, Mr Roper, with another rant. And, uh, well, a bit more measured than a rant. I was being a bit unfair there. I mean, it was a, it was a, a mild rant and, a, a, you know, there you go. Anyway, I've been away from the mic because... These two just sat there chatting to James and made me go and make the tea, which is, yeah, Barry, the one with Stuart written on it is actually James's, and that white What's cup is you? mine. Let's let's make this as professional as possible. And uh, thank you very much, and say, don't bang the cups next to the mic, folks, and say good evening to uh, James Dayton. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's all right. And I say, you, you, you look like you've been training. Where you been? You I've, have been. Yeah, well, I've not been training. I've been down, at, um, I've been playing paddle. 
Yeah. What's so, paint? I'm asked to be thick. What's so it's paint? um it's a mini mini game of tennis basically. Oh, is it? Yeah. So um, oh yeah, I thought I'd start getting mini into tennis. It. Yeah. What's that? Then? Don't have to move as much, do I? Uh, so. Well, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and then um yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's quite fast paced, but on a small area. So all right, just what I like really. That sounds interesting. <laughs> sounds interesting. So uh, you're currently with uh, Enfield. Yes, I am. Yeah. And yeah. that's a club that you started with, isn't so, it? So, yeah, I started there when I was four, yeah. So, um, yeah, I spoke to them in the summer. Um, and they said, do you fancy coming down? I said, yeah, it sort of makes sense, really. Hmm. Yeah, I grew up on the... Um, I lived on the road behind the stadium, so... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a club that, you know, in, in non-league terms, have been up and down a little bit over recent years. But they were, they were you know, one of the, one of the well-known non-league clubs and of course back in uh, the 80s they knocked uh, Lake Orient out of the FA Cup yeah I think someone actually mentioned that to uh, me <laughs> they mentioned that to me actually yeah um, I think that was when they was down at Old Southbury Road yeah, and then it, yeah. and they split up um, and now they're down at Donkey Donkey yeah. Lane which is literally just up the road it wasn't just knocking us out of the FA Cup they did it at the third attempt <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> so we'd had, we'd had a replay and Drew and, and, and then they beat us. Paul, Paul Furlan would have won it? Uh, it might well have been. It might well have been. It was a long oh, time okay. ago. Yeah, way before my time. Yeah, it's a long time ago. <laughs> I'm sure but, um, Yeah, it was on Match of the Day, the original, on the first was game. It? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I think we got a 1 1, I think it was. And then it was a draw again at Brisbane Road. And then they, they won the replay at Brisbane Road, uh, which was quite embarrassing, really, for everybody. But yeah, there you go. It was, it was good yeah. luck for them, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's concentrate on you because it's quite a, quite a lengthy career uh, club wise because you ended up um, being registered with Palace, Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's that, 2007? You... Oh, um, years I'm terrible with. I yeah. just know that I went there when I was nine and left when I was 20. There you go. So, so. obviously you signed when you, you were 18 and in, in, in uh, 07 and uh, stayed till 09 with uh, Palace. But in the meantime, you were loaned out to Yeovil and Crawley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah under so. ex-O's boss, Russell Slade. Yeah. How, how did you find that then? Did you... Um, it was at it Yeovil, was, yeah? Yeah, that was my first one. Yeah, they was in League One. They was doing... Yeah. Um, they were doing well. They was doing all right, yeah, to be fair. Um, and I'd come in... And it was my first experience of men's football, really. So it was it was a bit of an eye opener, obviously, because I'd come from Palace, and then I'd gone down to I would say gone down. I only went one down one league, but the facilities, the dressing room, it was all a bit like, oh, okay, all right, this is what it's really like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, gone down there. I, I, I think I only went there for like six weeks, a month, six weeks. Um, it was a long way as well. Yeah, That's a long, yeah, it's a long way, way from home. A long way, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember how many games I played. I thought I'd done okay. Um, and then obviously Russell probably didn't think I did, so I come back. Yeah, so you had a, <laughs> you had a spell with Crawley. Yeah, then I went to Crawley. To home, yeah, <laughs> that, that was, I'll speak, I, I've got, I don't mind burning bridges now. I, I was under Steve Evans. Do you remember Steve Evans? Oh, yeah. oh thank you. Well, just, just a name drop there. Yeah. So that <laughs> everyone's favourite. Yeah, that was. I thought Yeovil was an eye opener. Crawley was like something else. Like he he was, yeah, he's something else. He was, yeah. He um, uh, in a good I way thought, or a bad way. No, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I thought, <laughs> no, this isn't this isn't right. Like, and he, I, I come from the old school sort of upbringing you know yeah. I come through at Palace obviously Joby was there but the old school ones like Dougie Friedman yeah. um, Tony Popovich um, you know good solid old school you know 
mentality um, professionals. And I thought that gave me a good grounding. But that was another level, Steve Evans. That was like pure dinosaur, literally just like, I remember one game screaming at a centre half. You'll never, obviously I'm not going to swear, but you'll never. And I mean, he was spitting in his face the lot. It was, was, like I said, it was a real eye up. And I thought, oh, wow, like, I don't, think, I don't know if this is for me, really. Yeah. Um, Do you think that motivates some people, James? Because, I, I mean, I, I personally, when I play, I never responded to that. I was more like, come on, mate, you, you know, you're better than that and, I, and I stuff think, like that. And, like, you yeah. know, did it work for some people? I, that, that's the thing. I think everyone's different, you know. Mm. I, think, I think it gets a reaction. But then once it's after the first time, second time, yeah, because that's what I mean. It, this it? is what happened. Yeah. He said, you'll never play for me again. You uh, 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 get your agent, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's not motivational at all, is it? Coming Monday morning, he's there, and he ends up playing again on Saturday. So it's like, well, yeah. you've you've given him an empty threat, yeah. and then your bark's once, worse than your bite. Yeah. So once the first one and the second one, in the end, for me personally, I just lose respect. Do for you people, think that? Yeah. To be fair to to Steve Evans, that that's obviously back then. You know, you're going back. What are we? Fifteen oh. years. Do you think he's he's learnt from that and, and yeah, moved no, on because he's obviously been extremely successful. At exactly. Yeah, clubs. you're right. Exactly that. Um, he's, he must have learned. He's must have developed the same as myself like I said I probably went there and thought God this ain't for me come back gone into another environment you know and that experience has made me mm. develop you've had, tougher you yeah. know you had we are obviously at Orient we had with the famous one with John Sitton uh, yeah. sacking Terry who's a friend of ours on the show here you know, <laughs> at half time but he, you know in truth the cameras were there and to be fair he's not the first but I mean Martin Ling sacked a player at half time it just wasn't on the on the camera, yeah, you know, right. and Brian Laws, you know, smashed a, a, a jug or a cup mug into somebody's face, you know, and that wasn't on TV, and and yet he went on to be a successful manager, and you know, so you see these things go on, and it's not as unusual as you no you think no, that the rants not. and the raves, and uh, you must have worked with several different managers, so you've 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 gone away from as you say that sort of dinosaur approach in uh, yeah. at Crawley, and you've gone up to Scotland. That's a quite a, yeah. a big move. Yeah, so um, there, there's a little period in between there where um, I actually worked with Glenn Hoddle. All right. So um, yes, yeah, so I worked was with him, and then in, in that was in Spain. Yeah, yeah. and then my my. One of the managers when I was at Crystal Palace was also Peter Taylor. So I had, you know, good, they wasn't, yeah, I was involved in the first team squad. So yeah, they were my managers, I suppose. Um, so I did have the good, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, like I said, when I actually see him and the way he behaved, it was, contrast yeah. was Well, like, Peter's massive. old school, isn't he? Peter, so, Peter is yeah, a, but he had a good, yeah. you know, he had, you know, the way he spoke to people, etc. Well, me personally, he was always, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, with me. So I went to Spain. So I went. Yes, I went there for. I think it was literally about nine weeks, something like that. Um, was that one of those schemes where he's trying to like repair your career, get you back on track? Yeah, basically. Yes, because yeah, because yeah. I left my contract was up at Crystal Palace, and I went to Barnet, Rotherham, and. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember honestly. I went to yeah, there was like three, mm-hmm. and it was. Rotherham had done really well and Mark Mark Robbins, the Coventry manager, was like, Oh, you know, well we can't we can't do much for you now for this season because I'm I found out from Palace at around about Feb like Feb March time. So I still had time to get myself out there before everyone else did in the preseason. So I went before the season finished. So I went up there, done quite well. And um he was like, Well, I can't really do much for you this season. I was thinking, well, yeah, obviously, like, 
it's only like a few weeks left I'm thinking for next year so that's when I started to see all the the BS and and that that come with it you know and Mm. I was I was always slight when I was young so it was you know you're too small I think it was um Hendon was at Barnet um Ian Hendon yeah and he was like yeah you know you're too small you're too slight Okay, yeah, fair enough. I've never understood that argument, you know. Sort of the best players ever, Lionel Messi. And I know he's strong, Maradona, and that, but five foot five. He's just trying to know, protect himself because he's small. <laughs> no, no, seriously, you know, I never had an issue with it. I'm, I'm five foot six and three quarters, thank you. All right, okay. Don't forget the In three platforms. quarters. Yeah, no, I had a medical. That is, that is yeah. Yeah. 1.7 yeah. metres, thank you. So, yeah, so, yeah. What is the argument with that? I, I really don't know. Is I it because it's lower league and it's a bit more physical, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it was. But, um, but you've gone up to Kilmarnock, and this is where your career's really. Yeah, you know, taken a big change because sixty-five appearances there in three yeah. seasons. So you really established yourself at one yeah, point. Yes, so I in did. Yeah, side. so I've skipped obviously a part where I was at Palace. I've done my ACL, so I've done my cruise shirt as yeah. well. So I've missed nine months of football, um, and then I've gone up to Kilmarnock, played, started the first five games, and then actually in the in in the game I'd done my ACL up at Kilmarnock, so I'd done the other one. I scored my first goal for the club and then literally second half done my ACL. So I was like, wow, well, like I've literally gone from yeah, up here to down, to, low, down yeah. to low. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was a great period. Yeah. For me, <clears throat> it was really good. Um, How do you find Scottish football? I mean, in comparison, do you think, I mean, that was, what were they? Premier or league one? Yeah. That was premiership. Premiership. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, that was uh, premiership. Um, yeah. Like I said, brilliant experience. You're playing Celtic Rangers back when, or I say back then they still do have, uh, great teams um, but I think the Rangers team there was like Nika Jelovic which went to uh, Everton uh, Naismith went to Everton McGregor went to Hull when they were in the Prem I had um, oh, there's, there was yeah, loads of a good, side, good yeah they yeah, had a yeah. good side what were the um, crowns like Ibrox and, and what was it were they really that partisan when it really yeah. you really filled a you yeah, know, yeah yeah, yeah. Like how, when, how many were we talking there 60,000 uh, uh, 50 52, 53. Yeah, oh, it's good yeah 55. So but it's what you do it for, isn't it? Though? It's what but you, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, that, you know. that is what I wanted to play in football. I always wanted to be a professional footballer and I'd, I've always wanted to play in big crowds and, and win things. So so you, you've you got these three seasons at Kilmarnock and, mm. and was it your decision or was it their decision because you came back south to Oldham? So. Yeah, so they actually offered me a new three-year deal. So it was your decision? So too. it was my yeah. decision, yeah. yeah. Um, Is that just family reasons you want to get back? This I just wanted or? to get back down to, to English football because, mm. like you said, what was Scottish football like? Well, Rangers, Celtic... Yeah, Hearts, Aberdeen, yeah. Hibs. And that's it. <laughs> and then you're like, right, okay, you're going away to play, oh, sorry, you're going away to play um, Inverness, yeah. um, Ross County. So you're going from like playing League yeah. Two standard, League One, to go into play like, for me personally, at that time, Rangers and Celtic could, could battle it out in the Prem and probably finish, you know, bottom, bottom like part of yeah. the premiership yeah. so six or seven off bottom you go in like yeah. yeah so you go in from one extreme to the other um and obviously being english i wanted to play as high as i could in england um so that's that was the decision there and it was a an ex-teammate of mine that i ended up signing with i had uh bristol city mk dons um yeah bristol city mk dons and then crew alexander um, I had a few teams up in Scotland as well that were 
trying to get his signature. Trying to get, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've, you've actually done quite well there because, I mean, 51 appearances at Oldham. So you, you once again... Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, that, that, was a, that was a... Looking back, that was a decision that I probably shouldn't have made, if I'm honest. I went and signed with a teammate and it just never really worked. Ah. Um, was he your boss now? Are you saying it, it was your boss? Yeah, so, yeah, so Akil Marnik, he yeah. was my teammate and then yeah. he'd gone on to be my manager. Yeah. Um, so it's exactly, it's a tricky one. Um, and know, then it's funny you say that because a lot of people, you know, say about John Sitton and, and, and a friend of mine, Kevin Dickinson, was a regular in the Orient team. And he said he hasn't got a problem with John. He said, but there again, I never played for him, I played with him. And the people who played with him are the ones that, if you like, fell out. And you're saying the same thing. Mm. It's, uh, maybe it's very hard to go from being your teammate and, and your friend and everything else. I suppose Martin had the same problem, Martin Ling, when he went from being, you know, one of the players yeah. and, uh, and everything to to the boss, and he had to go from being, you know, Lingy to yeah. the governor. Uh, and I think he, you know, he, he said it was it was a difficult process. Yeah. You know, and, and the people that you could have a laugh and joke with, and you've got to draw a line with. Yeah. Um, so you know, so you, you you did this Oldham gig, but then you're you're back in Scotland again. Yeah, because of that reason. Yeah. So um, yeah, like I said, it wasn't a great decision, really. Like I said, so I, I end up getting myself back on loan up there um, till the end of the season. Um, thought I'd done all right. To be fair, done okay. And then contracts up, and then you're looking again for for a club, um, which is you know I'll go from turning down a three-year deal, having a few options and then leaving Oldham, having gone back on loan up to Scotland. And then it's a bit like, right, okay, right, agent's got to work. And then <laughs> Kilmarnock, it, it all comes, it's, it's actually mad how it all actually comes back round. So my agent at that time, um, Kilmarnock were back on the phone and they said, right, come back up. We want to uh, re-sign you. I was thinking, perfect. I'll get back up there, get back in my rhythm, play in. Because... Like I said, there was some big teams that were still interested in me when I'd left Kilmarnock. So thinking, well, if I only had two seasons, you don't become mm. a bad player in two seasons. I know that I'll get back up there and I can, you know, maybe get my name out to back back up to the to the top ones there. And um, so yeah, it, it it all got delayed and it never happened. Right. And then I was I was without a club. Well, there was things like Peter Taylor. Back to Peter Taylor was going to take me to India to the Indian Super League. That all fell through. Um, my old Kilmarnock manager Kenny Shields went and got a job in Thailand for B BEC Tiro Sasana. They were called, and it was the old club that's easy for you to say. <laughs> Sven Goran Eriksson yeah, was yeah. a manager of. Right. So he'd end up getting a gig over there, and he was like, favourite Thai team. Is that what you Supported them. Follow him everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so like he got a picture. Hasn't got to say that one, isn't it? <laughs> So he he got the gig out there and he was like, right, I can sign you. I can sign you in December. At the moment, I've got my throwing quota, but once December comes, I can sign you. I was like, oh, wow, I can't wait till December. And well, anyway, by I think October, November, he'd been given the sack. So that, that, that was, was the end of that. That, that was, was gone. a decision so, made, yeah. yeah so, so you ended up going down to Swindon and on to Cheltenham? No, no, I no? never. That's what, that, that is the most random thing ever. Everyone always says that. How was Swindon? I was like, I never signed at Swindon. <laughs> I right. never, I never signed so that. That's a, that's a yeah. So you, you want to edit the Wikipedia page? Yeah. So whoever's whoever's uh, yeah edited that yeah, is so wrong. You've yeah. gone so you've gone down to Cheltenham. Down to Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. Gary Johnson. Yeah. Well, Gary's a, a good good uh, manager, I think. Anyway, but uh, yeah, he he's, he's um, old school, but he's good. Is, yeah, another old school, but 
he's got he a wasn't sense as, of humour. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't as like he wasn't as bad and as old school as what I'd come across. Well, yeah. the people said to me, you know, when he, I mean, because I, I, I interviewed Gary quite a lot when I, I, I worked for ITV doing the football in, right. in the West Country for about seven, eight seasons. And uh, one of the teams obviously down there to do was Yeovil. And uh, Gary was always good. You know, you hold the mic up, you ask him the opening question and just stand there for five minutes while he talks. He literally could just talk for Britain, you know. But he had a great sense of humour and he, he got great um, unity amongst the squad, especially at Yeovil. And, and of course, they were very successful under him. And then he went to Torquay and someone said, oh, he's too old, he's past it. And I said, well, he was 60, I think, at the time they won the title. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I said he was, a, he was a good manager. And at the time, when we were struggling, I said, you know, he's the sort of fellow because he's a London. I said, get him back to the Orient at the mm. time. You know, we could do a lot worse than Gary Johnson. And, uh, um, but as you say, you, you, you played with him and you found him okay. Yeah, I found him okay, yeah. Um, yeah, went in there and I think I signed in like October, something like that. So I was playing catch-up um, and they were flying as well. They, I think they were like second, top, yeah, something like that. So I'd gone in there and yeah, lucky enough, I got up to speed pretty quick and we ended up going on to win the league. So that right. was a good, yeah. I think that was the first club ever to get relegated from League Two and then, straight um, back, yeah, bounce straight, straight back, back up, yeah. yeah. And... Obviously, you've, you've played what I says here fifty matches um, for them, so it's quite substantial. So, how did the move? This is in twenty seventeen now. How did mm. the move come around to Leighton Orient? So, <clears throat> I was sat in my um, apartment in Cheltenham, and I was saying to my missus, oh, you know, I want to get back to London. I want to get back to London. Really, I've never been played at home. Um, always been away from home. I was like, oh, I tell you what. Actually, there's a, there's a little bit in before that. Go on. So while I was at Cheltenham, so I agreed with Gary Johnson, if a league club comes in for me, because I dropped two leagues. Yeah, I dropped two leagues from League One down to the National League. So we agreed that if I had any interest, he'd just let me go. <clears throat> yeah, off you go. Orient. I was like, right, okay, yeah, perfect. I'll go in there. Went in there, played a game. This was when the um, Italians... Yeah, you I could don't say, really want that word. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, You're allowed to say it. Uh, yeah, this is when they was um, yeah in Wrecking charge. the joint. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that was the most bizarre experience ever played. And then it was like I was waiting for like you know a, a yes or no or you know just something, some sort of feedback. And it was like nothing. I can't remember who the manager was. Well, That's neither what, do we. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It was. Yeah. It was. Bizarre. We had so many. Yeah. yeah. It was like, Which week was it you were there? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'd end up coming back yeah. to Cheltenham. Yeah. And then I said to, yeah, I said to my wife, obviously Orient had been relegated. And I said to my wife, right, I'd love to go to Orient. Like, they shouldn't be at that level. Like, they, there's no way. They've obviously, obviously the Italians yeah. have come in and they've messed it up. Yeah. So, and then the agent that never followed through with my Kilmarnock deal, get a phone call from him. I'm like, oh, you're right, mate. He said, yeah, yeah. Um, what are you up to? What are you? I was like, oh, no, nothing. Just waiting for, for a few things. He said, right, um, what do you think about Leighton Orient? I was like, yeah, definitely. He was like, right, okay. Um, Steve Davis just got the job. I was like, okay, yeah. He said, you know, he tried to sign you at Crew. I was like, yeah. I was like, perfect. Yeah. He was like, right, I'll, I'll put you in touch. You can have a chat. So then we had a chat. Um... And then Martin was the director of football at the time. Yeah. So 
Still is. Well, yeah. So, yeah, still is. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it, it was a bit like Steve was quite, not pushy, but he was quite like, right, like let's get you in, basically, and, and sign. And then I think Martin was a little bit like, well, well, okay, wait, let's just let's watch him in one game or whatever it was. So there was, there was, I can't remember, who did we play? Hornchurch or mm-hmm. Billericay, one of them. Yeah. And then literally after, after them games, um, yeah, we all just sat down and sorted out and obviously the rest is history. Really. Yeah, I mean, obviously Steve was a nice guy, but um, it didn't work out with no. him. And for one reason or another, he's obviously been successful now at uh, Wolves, etc. But yeah. uh, at that time with Orient, for whatever reason, um, it didn't work out with him. Um, so what was the change when Justin Edinburgh signed? Uh, was that a massive difference to the dressing room? So for, for me personally, Steve Davis was perfect. Like I, I went into that season and I felt, or at the start of it, we was on fire for me personally. We was playing great football, and then I think we played someone away. Boreham Wood was it? Somebody was it? Yeah, we played six, six one, wasn't it? Or something, yeah, six, and we, six nil. Yeah, was it? When we lost six one, six one, yeah. Nil, but I remember yeah. we lost we lost Coulson. Ella Kobe. It was Boreham Wood. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and we, we lost 2-0. Oh, 2-0. We lost 2-0, oh, okay. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We packed the place out for them, gave us their yeah. record attendance and, and then, they uh, pulled our pants down. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, so that that day, I think Kors come off, George come off, I come off and then the depth of the squad wasn't there and then I think we literally couldn't get a win and then, but personally, I felt I was playing well I thought I was, you know, on a good rhythm and thought I was playing well. And I remember I ended up doing my, ripping my hamstring off the bone around about Feb, March. I was lying there and I remember Lingy actually come in. He said, if if you didn't get injured, mate, you would have been right up there for like player of the season along with Macaulay Bond. And I was like, thanks, like appreciate it. And I actually genuinely felt that. Um, and then, so personally, he was great for me. Yeah. But there was just, there just wasn't enough, um, what's the word? There was no consequences. No, there was no punch to the team. It's really, no, exactly, yeah, 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 there was yeah. no, exactly. When, so when we wasn't playing well, there was no... Did you play in a game where he changed the formation three times in one game? Was you in that game? George? Yeah, I think yeah. I was, yeah. Was, what was going through your head when, when that happened? Well, it, Desperation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you, How do you, you cope with that though, James? When you're a player and you've got this formation, as Darren just said, you know, you're going to do this, 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 and then somebody says, no, we're switching it to, you know, whatever. And it, well, no, we're going to switch it to that, that. And you think, well, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm yeah. supposed to be there. Uh, now I'm here. Now you want me to go over there. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's tactically, you're all, you're all over the shop, aren't you? Yeah. Because you're right, right, this is my job here. Right. And you change it. And then, you're like, right, okay, well, who do you want me to shut down? Who do you want me to, who do you want me to get the ball off? Who, you, yeah. you know what I mean? I was tracking just, him. Now I'm... Now I'm right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah. It is. It's, it's, and I it, think that was where he lost it. When, once he didn't know... And, and he started to say things like, I didn't see that coming. And uh, that's, that's food for thought. And it's given us something to think about. And once you start doing that, it's like, ah, uh, the writing's on the wall. And obviously he's gone. Um, and they brought Justin Edinburgh in. So let's let's just go jumping into because time's going to beat us. Otherwise, Justin's come in the door. How different was things from the off? Like when he walked through that door and he stood at the first meeting, like he just had everyone. It was like bang, silence. Like I'm here. Like 
basically the not the gov. Do you know what I mean? The boss has arrived. Like yeah. this, yeah. this bloke means business. He ain't here to. Well, he mess had a proven around. record, didn't he already? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and he just had me like from the. Like, I think I think on one of one of my posts to him um, about him. Sorry, on my Instagram or Twitter was literally had me at the first moment. I was just like hooked. I was like, wow. Yeah, I want to. I want to work for this bloke. I want to run for a brick wall for this bloke. Don't get it wrong. The first five games were horrendous. Yeah, it was. But he knew what he had to do. He had to. We had to stop leaking goals. We had to stop. Stop losing and start to build. And I think we played Sully Hall away. And what, did we draw? We lost one nil. Lost one nil. Yeah. And the players come over and that's we, it. we were actually. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I felt from that game, you see, you know, a step in the right direction. I thought, uh, and then I think we went and played Sutton at home. Is that right? And we battered them. And they were 4 1. Yeah. I think you scored. Yeah, I did, yeah. Thank yeah, you. there you go. There you go. Well done. <laughs> Good you know memory, man. Do you know why? It, because their manager, he was, a, he was a disgrace. We hated him as well. So, yeah, because yeah, it was brilliant. So we had like a row on the touchline. So he's going, oh, look, you want to run about, do you now? Oh, you ain't run around for uh, uh, five months or whatever it was, six months. I was like, oh my God, this geezer. And then... Um, so he was actually motivating you by saying well, that. Well, he yeah. was, because yeah. I, I was laughing at him. He he's doing the job for Justin. And I, I was laughing for him, um, laughing at him. And I'm like, oh, and then I remember giving him like a little bit of banter. I think I said, oh, what'd you say? And he said it again. I went, oh, parrot, like, parrot <laughs> him off. I had him like, and then... Down the tunnel at half time, he's coming after me, like battering me, and oh, it was all it's going very off. amateur, isn't it? Really? It was I mean, honestly, yeah, it was yeah, so morning, well, Sunday it was morning, so yeah. non like non league. Yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But yeah, we beat him four so one, and I, oh, that, I couldn't be happier. He steadied the ship first season. Yeah, coming into the second season, now we all know it's 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 built and built and built as the season's gone on. When you you saw the finishing line in sight, were nerves really creeping into the side? No, I don't. I wouldn't say nerves were really. I I'd say. It got, for me, the, the, the whole stadium got a little bit touchy. It, well, we felt as players. <laughs> we're a little bit light now, I'm afraid. We are as a fan base. We're yeah. just discussing that now because we're near, we're near the closing line. Obviously. Yeah. Just yeah. You can feel so yeah. let's jump forward because there's a memorable moment. And I've got to say it was one of those days. We've got, we've got about four minutes left. One of those days uh, up at Sutton um, oh, yeah. with a, a week to go. I left uh, Colchester to go, Clacton to come to the game to commentate, and it took me, I think, six hours because we were oh. far on the line. I had to run the last mile into the ground. <laughs> got there, lost my notes, had an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Was, well, I've got to be honest, probably my worst ever in 30 years commentating. Absolute balls up from start to finish, right? My loads of mistakes and everything else. Missed the substitution of the goalkeeper. You've got injured broken ankle or whatever it was, mm. and you've thrown your boot in frustration. Now, was it at him or was it in frustration? <laughs> well, I can say it now. Yeah. I've, I've threw it at him. Yeah. <laughs> he so, deserved it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> we thought that at a time, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I can't say it. Four-year exclusive. Yeah. You was a better footballer than you was a shot with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't ever take up hurling yeah. or anything. Yeah, so. um, yeah oh, I just couldn't get my head around it. Yeah, yeah so. It was a foul, wasn't it? And he'd missed yeah. it completely. And then given yeah, it just went over the top of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know I broke my leg because my ankle was popped out, so my ankle was dislocated. Yeah. And so I tried to push it back in while I was just down on the floor. Yeah. And then I pushed it in and it come back out. And I was yeah. like, oh, right. So I then got um, Keats on. And then 
went to the hospital, done an x-ray, and then realised that he'd also broke my leg. Yeah. So not only did he dislocate my ankle, he broke my leg, because where he caught me, yeah. he's caught me over the top of the ball. Um, I've got a metal plate in my yeah. ankle now. Yeah. Still, so. Funny, I, I did that at Brisbane Road in a friendly. And, uh, yeah, a little charity game, and uh, the fellas done me, and I busted my ankles back to front, my foot's back to front, oh, broken leg, and the referee's wave play on. Yeah, no. He's like, wow, it must have hated me even more than some of the message boarders. <laughs> something, uh, something went wrong there. And um, anyway, so, uh, you know, you, you've done this, you know, obviously you've had that moment, and then you've won the title the next week, and you're obviously not playing, which mm. is obviously a bit of a damper for you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. a great achievement, and then of course we're hit with the with the, with the shock of Justin's passing, and that must have hit everybody oh, yeah, extremely like, hard. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. I don't know. I can't, words can't describe it really. As still, like sometimes you look back and you think, oh no, like and genuinely when he when he first passed, it just you know like I genuinely didn't believe it. I always thought that he was just gonna be like his usual self, like hey, like and come back in the room and that, but. It's um, yeah, yeah. The I think the worst thing that happened, obviously, and and it took so long to get over that, and it's only now that you've what, what when I'm I'm speaking to the players still that apparently you've now got the northern version. Apparently, yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's the Manchester some version. Traits there. There's yeah, there certain are some similar yeah, traits. That's for some, sure. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, James, you're welcome back in at any time you want to come oh, in no, and have yeah. a chat. Because yeah, we yeah. need to get back James back in again soon. Yeah, because we, the so time has beaten us tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll blame yeah. James for arriving 20 minutes after yeah, we started. You see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's what it was. <laughs> anyway, thanks, James, for coming no, in. Thanks we'll have for to end me, it yeah. there. And we wish you well uh, with Enfield as you're, you're there this season. Cheers, Darren, thank, thank you. you. Barry, thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening. A quick uh, prediction for the score on the weekend, Barry at Hartlepool. Uh, two nil, the O's. Down. Yeah, three nil. Three nil. Go on, go on, James. Oh, I'll go three one. Three one. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to go for a thrashing four one. There you go. To the O's. We'll see you next week. Ta ta, everyone.
Lay an army in from me, say Lay an army in 